To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Welcome. Well, come in. Let's put on the show. Your cadaverous pallor. Aloha. Betrays an aura of foreboding. Hang on to them hats and glasses. And now, ladies and gentlemen, remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Hi, friends, and welcome to Remain Seated, Please. I'm Robert. I'm David. I'm Susie. And I'm Anthea. <laughs> and today, we're going to talk about Christmas. Grab your coats. Christmas time. <laughs> Grab Christmas your coats. <laughs> is that what Christmas is about? Our, <laughs> it's yeah. nice and chilly. In Thank our 80-degree weather. Snow. <laughs> It was 75 at Disneyland yesterday. It was, it was so, so hot, hot in the though. Snow. Yeah. <laughs> it was so hot in the snow. It was so hot in the sun. So we're going to talk about the history of Christmas at Disneyland. If you listen to our Halloween episode where we talked about Halloween throughout the years at Disneyland, we're going to do basically the same type of thing, but with Christmas. That's right. Shall I just get into some history? Let's jump into our history lesson. Christmas has been celebrated at Disneyland since the beginning, since 1955. Oh. Yeah, but uh, that first year, it wasn't a big celebration. Decorations were scarce. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of stuff that they did. They didn't have the budget for it. And also, mm. attendance was very low at Disneyland after that initial summer. I see. Like that some, sounds so nice. So yeah, some days, <laughs> some days the whole park was only filled with a few hundred people. Wow. In fact, there was a joke that Ron Dominguez said. You know who Ron Dominguez no, is? No, is that a no. LA Times writer from the 50s? No, Ron Dominguez uh, used to have a house on the property that became Disneyland. Ah. And they have that the Dominguez tree in Adventureland, mm. uh, which was the ha- which was the tree that was by his house that they kept. I see. Uh, he ended up uh, like working for Disneyland. Um, but Ron Dominguez said, he used to joke back in those days that you could shoot a cannon into the crowd and it wouldn't hit anyone. There's <laughs> no one there. Um, must be nice. Yeah. I know. If I had a time machine. <laughs> I know. But, um, yeah, back in 1955, so there were two different companies. There was Disneyland Inc. and Walt Disney Productions. Walt Disney Productions made the movies and had all the money. Disneyland Inc. had their own budget, which wasn't huge, so they didn't have a lot for Christmas. So back then, they did have a tree. It was a big tree, and it was not where it is currently placed now in Town Square. The tree, for a while, I don't know how long, but at least those early years was placed in the hub where the partner statue is. Oh, that makes sense. I always forget that partner statue hasn't always been there. Yeah. No, but I don't like it because it would block. Yeah. I mean, it still technically blocks, but... It also wasn't as big as it is right now. Sure. But yeah, yeah, that statue came in 93, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I saw some pictures online of what it was like in 1955, and there was like a couple of wreaths on the castle and some like garland that goes to them. And just a couple of wreaths on the Frontierland sign. Hmm. And that was basically it. So that first year, they they had a thing called the Christmas Bowl, which was a re-theming of their outdoor stage where the bandstand was. It was either the first year or the second year. I saw conflicting things online of when that came to be. Mm-hmm. But there was this Christmas Bowl, and it would just be it would just be this, the bandstand, but with... Um, 
choirs singing Christmas carols. So pretty basic, nothing too elaborate. But also that first year they had the Christmas Circus, where the remember there used to be a circus outside of Disneyland called like the Mickey Mouse Club Circus, I think. Oh, I thought it was where New Orleans Square was. Or that was Holiday Land. Well, that was outside. I think it was outside the park, though. Oh, it was a regular circus show with animals, you know, elephants and all that, and high wire acts and everything. But uh, there was also a Christmas show attached to it, performed by the Mouseketeers. Uh, and then apparently there was some like big drama about it because of how bad the show was. <laughs> um, like, because there was no budget, so they couldn't do anything, really. Yeah. So apparently, like, Walt Disney Productions rented back a portion of Disneyland from Disneyland Inc. to make it better, and oh, that boy. made the general manager of Disneyland angry. Oh, so man. I just read there's this whole drama about it. I didn't really read too much into it. Now, you said the Mouseketeers performed this show. Were they the Mouseketeers from the show? I think they were. Wow. They must, I mean, that's... I don't know. As a... As a person that watched them on TV, that would be kind of cool to see them in person. Oh, yeah. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so they didn't like the show. Yeah, so the first couple of years, that's pretty much all they had. It wasn't much. So the choirs at the bandstand and the carolers eventually became what we know as the Candlelight Processional. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, the Candlelight Processional is a terrific show with carolers and the telling of the... uh, of the first Christmas, and the first one was done in 1958. The first one was comprised of 16 choirs, and they had the Dickens Singers. Um, it began with a procession down Main Street, and it went to the plaza, where like the the statue was. So it went the other oh. way, where the uh, where the hub is. Uh-huh. Um, and it was performed with. Uh, those choirs and carolers up in the balcony of the of Sleeping Beauty's castle. Ooh. Wow! So after that first year, then they went the other way where they marched down Never again. towards <laughs> the train station because they realized what the problem was with having it at, at the castle was there wasn't enough room for everyone. Um, the way it was all set up, having the sixteen choirs and having the people on the castle. I guess, I guess they they <coughs> felt like there just wasn't. A good enough layout for it. Uh. People were in the moat, basically. <laughs> so um, after that first year, they built bleachers in front of the Main Street Station, so it would be easier for people to watch. And the 1959 performance had 2,574 singers, wow. making it the largest choir to perform the candlelight ceremony. That's a lot excessive. of people. <laughs> that's like no, that's. That is excessive. Yeah. Like, where do you fit viewers? It was just people singing at each other. Well, now again, these. So this was. Imagine in front of this train station, it's just long bleachers full of people. We're not talking about anything tree shaped yet. Yeah, it's just oh. regular bleachers. Okay. Um, so in 1960, that's when they built the bleachers to be like how it is today, where it has the living Christmas tree. Uh-huh which means they shape themselves into a Christmas tree, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that 1960s show that had the living Christmas tree was originally made up of uh, the Western High School Acapella Choir. And it was them until 1981. And then at that point, it became the Disney Employee Choir, which it still is today. Um, also, in ni- around 1960, they decided to have narrators tell the story of the first Christmas. And... 
They used uh, celebrities a lot of the time, too. So the first narrator for uh, the Candlelight Processional was Dennis Morgan, and he did it for the first few years. He did it up to 1964. And then the first one to do it after him to promote Mary Poppins was yes. Dick Van Dyke in wow. 1965, which was also Walt's last uh, attend- last time being in attendance. Oh. Now... Do you want me to quickly list off every single person that's done it or just give you no. some highlights? Some highlights. Yeah, I don't want to hear another Dennis Morgan in that list. And, <laughs> well, and did anyone else consecutively, especially not so much twice, but like multi? I yeah, mean, oh, so and so hosted it all the How many of the times 70s? has Whoopi Goldberg or <laughs> Kurt Russell hosted yeah. this? Kurt Russell well, was on the top of my head. <laughs> I. Just looking offhand, I don't see anyone that has done it in consecutive years, okay. but oh. Dick, Van, Dick Van Dyke has done it three times. We were there. Yeah, he did it in 65, 2005, and 2012. So some other highlights of people that have narrated the Candlelight Processional are Gregory Peck with Dean Jones, Ooh. Henry Fonda with Rock Hudson, Ooh. Cary Grant, Charlton Heston, yes, John Wayne, Cary Grant, Jimmy Stewart, Buddy Epson with Ed Asner. Wow. Uh, Elliot Gould. (laughs) Michael Landon. Pat Boone. James Earl Jones in 1990. Wow. That'd be so good. You just cry your whole way through that. One just (laughs) knocking David Ogden Steers. I don't know who that is. He's a name. He's uh, Cogsworth. Oh. Oh, That would have been fun. Mary Hart. <laughs> Dodger fan. Yeah. Andy Garcia, Jane Steamore, John Stamos, John Voigt, Tom Skerritt, Gary Sinise, Dennis Are you reading everybody because this is I the last like 10 you're... years now. No, now it's, it's just reading people. I don't know. Kurt Russell, Lee Diamond is. Phillips, Edward James Olmos. Kurt Russell should have been mentioned a long time ago. His first one was 2012. Really? Uh, Molly Ringwald. 2012 also. Yeah, That's I was going to awesome. say, 2012, they did a lot of dates because mm-hmm. we saw two of them in 2012. Yeah, yeah uh, pretty much every year just has one person doing it, except 2012, which has a bunch. 2012 was Dennis Haysbert, Kurt Russell, Edward James Olmos, Lou Diamond Phillips, Dick Van Dyke, Patricia Heaton, Molly Ringwald, and John Stamos. Didn't Chris Hemsworth do it a couple years ago? Chris Hemsworth did it in 2017. 2016 was Jennifer Goodwin. 1983 would have been a good year to go. You know who the host was? Darren McGavin. The, uh... You don't say. (laughs) Who is that? From I Dream of Genie? No. He's the father in A Christmas Story. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) That would have been so good. What would have been better... Ralphie, shut up! (laughs) What would have been better is if the living tree was just a giant, like, lamp. (laughs) Fragile. I like when he swears. Well, I guess you don't ever hear him swear. Well, he's just saying weird words. Yeah, he's just like Rasa Fracken. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, Joe Pesci in Home Alone. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, lots of celebrities do this, and then the ceremony was also at the Magic Kingdom of Walt Disney World. Starting in 1971, and in mm. 1993, it moved to Epcot, and it is in Epcot today. That's the one Whoopi's done. 
I don't have a list of the people that did the Epcot <laughs> one. It's just Whoopi. So let's talk about a few of the uh, decorations that are from Disneyland's past that are no longer there today. One reason, because maybe the attraction doesn't exist anymore. Well, we all know the house of the future that used to be in Tomorrowland, mm. right? A big boxy looking house made of plastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what does it look like? A box looks like a present. So what did they do? Uh, they tied it up with ribbon uh, to cute. make it look like a little present. Also in the early years, the castle used to have trees, sometimes white snowy trees, in the moat. Just in the middle of the moat. So it almost looked like they were floating Christmas trees. (laughs) Um, 1961 to at least the 70s, the Matterhorn used to have a giant star on top to make it look like a Christmas tree. That's an iconic picture, yeah. Yeah. I wish wish that was still there. So the the tree that you see now in uh, Town Square, uh, that was a real tree all the way up until 2008. It's a a fake tree now. Mm. Uh, So now it has a steel structure, weighs 12 tons. What? It's in three pieces, isn't it? Yep, it's in three pieces that they keep off site and build together. It has 70,000 LED lights and 2,000 ornaments. So yeah, going a little bit back in time again, let's talk a little bit about 1966, which was a tough one because it was the first Christmas without Walt. Mm. Uh, Walt died December 15th, 1966, and three days after that, there was an episode of the Disneyland TV show that aired called Disneyland Around the Seasons, which uh, talked about all things at Disneyland that that had happened in the previous years. But uh, it highlighted at the end with the new Christmas parade called Fantasy on Parade. And they uh, talked about the candlelight processional. The first parade at Disneyland that was Christmas debuted in 1958. And that was called Christmas in Many Lands. Uh, The name changed in 1961 and it became Parade of the Toys and then Parade of All Nations. Parade of All Nations seemed really neat because it was people from different countries around the world showing how they celebrated Christmas. And they did that until 1964. And then the following years when it became Fantasy on Parade, that one stuck on for a while in the 80s. The park debuted a parade called the Very Merry Christmas Parade. And then in the 90s, in the mid-90s, they debuted a Christmas fantasy parade, which is what they have now. Yeah. I love that parade. Um, I say Fantasy on Parade is the most famous one that was there the longest. It was there from 65 till uh, 76 and then back again from 80 to 85. The 1961 that I mentioned before, the Parade of Toys, was a special one because that coincided with the release of Babes in Toyland. Mm. So that's when they add all the toy soldiers to the parade, which are still there today. They are, yeah. Yeah. So such a great costume. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's very effective. One of those. That's one of the highlights of the parade for me. Yeah. Now we're used to attraction overlays, and do you guys know what the first Christmas overlay was for an attraction? Small World? Not Small World. 1984. Hmm. 84. I don't know. I don't know what it would be. Well, it ran from Christmas seasons of 1984 to the year 2000, and it was the Country Bear Christmas special. Aww. Darn it. I don't know how I didn't think of that. <laughs> so it was it was the first uh, attraction to have an overlay, which later led to uh, It's a Small World Holiday, which premiered in 1997. The Haunted Mansion Holiday, which was 2001, which we talked extensively about on our Halloween episode. And then, of course, there was the Jingle Cruise, which was from 2013 to 2016. Yeah. 
I really loved the uh, Jingle Cruise. Yeah, I did as David well. David always wants to know when it's coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. think they were going to get it I back don't think here. So either. Oh, yeah. Do they have it in Florida? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Blasphemy. <I> know. <laughs> One of my favorite Christmas things at Disneyland, which they don't do anymore because it's not there anymore, is Big Thunder Ranch. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. I couldn't find anything online that said the years that that they had their Christmas decorations up, but that was just such a great Christmas area. They had live reindeer. They did have live reindeer. And they had the turkeys on Thanksgiving that they pardoned. Marshmallow and yam were the last (laughs) ones, I think. Yeah. Well, they had a Santa Claus meet and greet, which I thought was really awesome. They had a cow also that you could go. Is that the cow with the Mickey on it? No. Um, I don't think that they had. Was that is that Mickey Moo? Um, <laughs> I don't think that cow was there, but there was another. Oh, no, there was a donkey also. There was either a donkey or a cow that was close to the. Um, I think maybe they switched off. I'm not too sure. And then they had like a cookie decorating station. So you could buy a cookie and they gave you frosting and M&M's and sprinkles. Um, And then you could also color coloring sheets and do activity sheets and stuff. And they'd have live entertainment also. Yeah. The last few years they had Billy Hill and the Hillbillies. Yeah. Remember the country bears came out. That's where I saw liver lips after (laughs) so many years. And I think, wasn't it the year that that was officially closing? Or was it the year that Billy Hill and the Hillbillies left, all of the country bears came out. We happened to be there for like their last performance. Yeah. And all the country bears came out and danced around Aww. for them. It was very sweet. Um, I miss Billy Hill. Me too. I think you so can still good. see him at Knott's now, right? I think yes. so. Knott's looks like it has some great stuff coming out lately. Are we going to turn into a Knott's Berry Farm podcast? <laughs> Maybe. Because they have, what is I'm it, ready the to eat Bigfoot attraction there. coming out? And then their Christmas show looks amazing. However, somebody did in their stories post, I don't know what they're doing there out in front of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but there were these two cast members that I guess are Groot handlers were doing the Peanuts dances in front of Guardians, (laughs) and it was so amazing. (laughs) They stole that from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they're Buffy fans. I don't know. Yeah. So that's pretty much the quick rundown that I have of Christmas in the parks, excluding what there is today. The final thing I do want to mention, though, which is a big part of Christmas for my family and maybe yours, too, is every Christmas morning watching the Disney Parks Christmas Parade on television. Uh, Do you guys watch that on Christmas? No, it never was a thing in my house. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, every Christmas we'd we'd watch it. We still watch it. We're... We yeah. watch it in this house. Yeah, on ABC. The first time they did that was 1983. The first hosts were Joan London and Mike Douglas. Have you ever happened upon a recording of that at Disneyland? Like, while they're recording it? You mean just filming, like, the musical performances? Yeah, yeah, just oh. filming any of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did it uh, a couple of weeks ago, or a few days ago. Yeah, they did, uh, awesome. Gwen Stefani was there. So yeah. is that for the thing that will air on Christmas? On Christmas? Yeah. I see. But, I mean, have you ever been there while it's happening? Uh, yeah. For the recording? Yeah, I've been there for a few recordings. My most vivid memory of it was it was sweltering hot, and uh, Stevie Wonder was in a red uh, turtleneck. Just playing his little heart out in front of uh, the castle. He's so pleasant and cute to look at from far away. Yeah, we've definitely been there when they've had it set up, but I don't think we've seen any of the musical performances. No, we went without you during the week, the day before this last uh, recording. And oh, the Gwen Stefani one. Yeah, and uh, I was I like, oh, it could 
would be fun, but then I just like I thought about it. I was like, it's gonna be crazy busy. Yeah. You're gonna spend your entire day here if you want to get anything like decent. Um, I think it'd be fun, but I also would want to know like who. Yeah, you well, know what I mean. Like, it's yeah, to be worth did it. Did you know at the time that it was gonna no. be Gwen Stefani? And that's no, what no, I was no. wondering. Is it? Did I only hear about Gwen Stefani, or will there be multiple performances? Oh, I don't know. I only heard about Gwen Stefani. Yeah, and okay. just like so the Stevie Wonder that. one, I we just happened upon it while we were walking. Yeah. yeah. You know, I wasn't really. I've never really been that interested in the musical performances, but they would always uh, show different things at Disney World at Disneyland, and they would air it every year since 1983. Except for some reason, they didn't do the year 2000. I don't know why, but they didn't. Why 2K? Yeah, they were worried that it wasn't going to work. (laughs) But no one's going to come next year anyway because the world's ending. 1993 was a special one for me because uh, Regis who is the host, preview the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Oh, here's my favorite, yeah. Ah, the real thriller. This is the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. This thing is nuts! (laughs) The 2003 was also very special because uh, George Lopez (laughs) previewed the Tower of Terror, (laughs) the California Adventure. (laughs) What George Lopez is about to discover is that this is the Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror! I'll take a grab for a room by the pool! I'm cool with that! I was like, oh, he's such a big fan of <laughs> Mark did special voiceover for each one. Oh. Nice. One of my favorite moments of the Christmas special that airs on TV is, uh, I don't remember the exact year, but it must have been around 2003, 2004, when Hilary Duff was uh, doing Lizzie McGuire, and she did her performance, and... Regis was blown away and he said he said to uh, probably either Kathy Lee or Kelly Ripa I'm guessing Kelly Ripa at the time he said you know what I think I think she's going to be the next Britney Spears hey that Hillary's a cutie I just love her she could be the next Britney Spears I believe you're right and for years, I'd always say that. You know, I think she's going to be the next Britney Spears. Just about anybody or about Hillary Duff? No, just like whatever. I just get in the Regis mood and, and I'd be like, <laughs> you know that Hillary Duff? I think she's going to be the next Britney Spears. Even when she's like 33 years old or something. So with that, that is my uh, Christmas. Well, I do have one question. You said the tree used to be in the hub. But when did it move to Town Square? Do you know? I don't know. F- no, I don't know for sure, actually. I, I um, would assume it had to have been after they had 2,500 people singing in front of the train station. Yeah. There's no way they had a tree and all those people around. They just put them around it. <laughs> just climb And they're in the, the tree. tree. <laughs> people hanging from the wires Perched. holding the tree. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's too many people. It's way too many people. That is an obscene, obscene amount of people for such a small... Like, if that were in, like, New York City, that'd be impressive. Mm-hmm. But for Main Street, USA, it At is just a sea of people... Yeah singing directly into each other's faces. Yeah, 2,500 people at Magic Kingdom made. Well, here's yeah. a picture I found from 1961 or 62, and it has the tree at the at the Main Street Station. So it must oh. have been soon after. Mm-hmm. Uh, what year was the uh, The big performers? one. Uh, that was, I think it was 58, 58 right? was the first oh, one, but 59. you said 2,500 people was the, yeah, the second year. Do yeah. you know how many people were at the 1959 <laughs> candlelight vigil? To those that were there, Give us a call. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, Give us no. the call. Will you go out for $64,000? Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So that's a little history of Christmas. So let's talk a little bit about one of the more special overlays. We talked about the Haunted Mansion holiday in the Halloween episode. Let's talk a little bit about It's a Small World holiday. So it opened in 1997, um, and pretty much what it is is um, all of the kids of It's a Small World are singing Jingle Bells and part of Deck the Halls mixed in with the original theme in various languages. Or Jingle Shells. Jingle Jingle Shells. That's right. I love puns so much. There was a little girl behind us that got, she thought it was so funny that they were saying jingle shells. (laughs) (laughs) She's not wrong. (laughs) Not wrong at all. The exterior of It's a Small World is designed by uh, Rolly Crump and was inspired by Mary Blair's art. So the exterior itself is decorated in about a million individual lights, which are like strung up. um, And they start stringing them up at the end of October, I believe, um, to open it up just a few weeks later, uh, middle, beginning of November. And not once will you find a single bulb out. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) That also includes like the topiaries that they have, but Mm -hmm. I think that that number doesn't actually include the pavilion that leads up to Mm -hmm. it because those Mm -hmm. actually are also um, decorated. Mm -hmm. There's um, individual little wreaths that line it also that are themed after um, different um, countries and different like i'll say themes of it's a small world because i think some of them are like the ocean theme and whatnot one of my vivid ones is the little french one with the little poodle or the big ben england one so uh like the leading tower of pisa oh yeah yeah now there's also maybe more now because there's that new queue area too mm-hmm. oh yeah huh? Mm-hmm. Now they have but there might be less area. topiaries also so well, but also i'm wondering they say there's a million lights are they counting exactly a million come on it has well, to be a, it can't it be doesn't exactly. say a million it says close to a million oh, okay nine hundred ninety-eight thousand three hundred thirty-six. Yeah. <laughs> um but they do decorate pretty extensively on the outside the face that's at the top above the clock of It's a Small World gets a little hat. I love that hat. I do too. Um, And then one of my favorite things that they do is every 15 minutes after sunset, they do a little projection against uh, the facade. And it's, I think it's to the Nutcracker. It's super awesome because they really play into the the design of uh, the attraction. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they put in some real classic looking cartoons. And then it just all culminates in a really awesome uh, relighting of It's a Small World, which also you can, I believe, time to be there um, when they light it up for the first time. And it's really impressive to see that entire facade light up at Mm -hmm. the same time. Um, And every time I see it, even if we're waiting in line for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and we see it three or four times, I very much get very teary just (laughs) watching it. Because it's like, I really love the Nutcracker Suite. Um, And then I just really am a sucker for turning on all the decorative lights at one time. When I rode it yesterday with Wes, he was like, oh, what's that? And we were just pulling out of the docks. And I was like, oh, it's a moose. And I was like, oh, but it, for Christmas, it could be a reindeer. And then we come around the backside, and there was a reindeer topiary. Is the reindeer always there? Oh, cute. I don't no, think I don't so. Think so. so do they bring a plant in, or do they cut? It might be vague. I mean, they have a whole horticulture department, so mm-hmm. they'll grow topiaries. Because a lot but of they them- must like have to 
then put it there at some point. Yeah, I'm sure. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they did. So yeah, coming around the horn there, right before you go into the building and to your left, is an actual reindeer topiary. <laughs> so interior in the interior, everything is decorated uh, with various Christmas, New Year paraphernalia and whatnot, and it's pretty amazing. They also added a giant snowman to the grand finale scene. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty great. Um, Do you have a favorite piece? Of uh, the overlay inside the attraction? I'm kind of partial to the Easter Island heads with the Santa situation happening on them. (laughs) And I really like what they do in Latin America all around. It's just very, very festive when you go in there and you get to go, you travel essentially through a piñata or like with with the thing around it. I don't know. It kind of is very encompassing when you're going through that area. Do you guys have a favorite part of It's a Small World Holiday? If you count the outside, obviously it's the outside. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we've been there a few times where the lights all go on um, for the night, and it's really spectacular for all ages, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really like, for some reason, the year, because every year I'm like, oh, that looks so weird. (laughs) Um, And then uh, I really like the, the... Canadian Mountie mm. ornament that like puts his arms up and down and his mouth opens up and he's got two really big long teeth. Well, that's my favorite thing in the whole ride, but that's not specific for Christmas. It's there all the time. Oh, well, yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. Oh, but it's a good, good thing. It reminds me of these Christmas ornaments that I had as a kid where you pull the string and they do that move. Mm. So mm-hmm. that's why it means Christmas to me. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just an overlay. It's really wonderful. I think everyone needs to go to it. I know a lot of people um, do not have the best things to say about It's a Small World, and I don't know why, but um, It's a Small World Holiday is really just some old-fashioned holiday fun, and it feels so genuine and pure, and um, it's just... I don't know. It's just, it's very heartwarming to look at this ridiculous facade, which is just beautiful to begin with. And then they just put all of these lights on it and stand there, watch the projections because it's a great little treat. It takes no time. And, um, and it's great from every angle that you look at it. Um, highly recommend it. Very nice. So that's just a little brief history on it's a small world holiday. Uh, and then, Another big event that they did several years later, um, somewhat recently, is over at California Adventure that we want to talk a little, a little bit about, which is Viva Navidad. So Viva Navidad is um, a celebration of Latin America or Latino holiday culture that they do at Disney's California Adventure. It kind of takes over that um, Paradise Garden Grill area. And, um, you know, there's a few special events, a few special character meet and greets, and some special food offerings. This year, it's running from November 9th through January 8th, and it debuted, as far as I can tell, November 9th, 2013, and has returned annually since. And that's funny, because I remember it from before, but I definitely don't think I ever realized that it was there, like, for the last, what... Five years. Five years, yeah. Mm-hmm. In trying to get some 
research about it, I found an article that this woman had wrote in 2014, so pretty much at the beginning of it, um, and she's um, of Latin descent, and she actually was able to speak to a creative director at Disney who talked uh, about her career and her passion for theater and the Latino culture. <laughs> so she, Susan Tubert, was the one responsible for creating Viva Navidad at the park. This article I really liked because um, she spoke of it, um, of the whole like kind of event uh, as a kind of a, obviously an opinion piece, but it meant a lot to her. And I think that's what touched me about reading her specific take on it at the beginning of, of its like creation. Just being able for her as a person of Latin descent to go and see uh, and be able to have kids go and see that represented. And it's done really well, I think in most aspects, I should say. So so what are, what are some of the aspects of Viva Navidad? Yes, so the biggest one, um, dare I say the draw to the event is the uh, street party that happens and it's hosted by the three caballeros. So Donald, Pachito and Jose, who are also um, out for character meet and greets. So that's really fun. Um, but they host this this street party, and it happens, I feel like, every few hours. Um, so the street party, we saw from the back, actually, the first time. Um, it's a very limited viewing space uh -huh. for it, so you really got to get there at the right time. And there's also some restricted space because of the way that space works and the, the way the that pieces. the floats turn. Exactly. Yeah. So you can end up finding a pretty good spot kind of late, but you do already have to sort of be in that area. And so again, I made it a point to go back because I really did enjoy it from the back and wanted to make sure I kind of was able to get a front row seat for it. The Three Caballeros hosting the street party. Um, there's the Papel Picados hanging. Am I saying it right? Uh, papel Picado. Okay. Papel picado. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're hangings uh, all throughout like that little walkway, and uh, they come. The three caballeros come out on this huge kind of, really the only float, and has to make this like three quarter turn. It's impressive <laughs> how large it is yeah. and how tight that turn is. Yeah, it's so insane. And we were literally right there when they made it, and I was like, oh, that's why I can't <laughs> sit there. Cool. Um, so they come out the music. I mean, it's it comes out kind of guns a blazing from the beginning. There's no like lead up. Um, it's fun from the get go, and so they come out. They're singing, um, dancing, and basically they start to talk about the time of year. And um, really, what they do from there is uh, Panchito. Um, he's from Mexico, and he shares kind of what that looks like. So mariachi music and musicians and d dancers come out and start playing kind of all the traditional stuff. Um, and it's really great, it's fun. They do a little Mexican hat dance, dancing around. It's really, really good. I mean, again, from the beginning. Um, the mojigonga paper mache dolls. Okay. Those big, yeah. I mean, they're huge. Yeah. They're speeding around. They go so fast. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, is it Santa and Mrs. Claus? They are, yeah. yeah. They come in a little later, but oh. that's how it starts. And then they transition to Jose, um, who's from Brazil. And he kind of cutely says, well, let me show you how we do it down in Brazil. And this is your favorite part, right, Anthea? Yeah, it's absolutely my favorite part. It's <laughs> amazing. So he brings out his friends. Um, of samba dancers and percussionists. And they come running out. They <laughs> sure do. They really, I mean, the whole thing is non stop 
fun entertainment there's so much energy and it feels so positive and just so loving and it's amazing that these people do it multiple times a day Mm -hmm. and i've always caught the later shows and i've never not seen them just having the best time yeah he introduces his kind of or his culture's take on it and then there's a little bit of a if you a dance off, if you will, between the two styles, but it, it's it's always friendly, and then it really just combines and melds into this huge, like blend of the two things, and it's just again, it's just fun and celebration, and it is, it's really positive. It's fun because it feels cultural. It feels kind of like we talked about, like World Showcase at Epcot. It feels educational in a way um i really like this time of year at at dca period because of that so it's not just um exclusive to viva navidad but there's so many other fun cultural things going on as well and so it makes sense like mickey and minnie come to celebrate with them but it's not just you know them and a costume essentially It, Mm -hmm. it makes sense when you blend them all together and then yes the big santa mrs claus and Santa Claus things, again, zooming around. Mickey and Minnie are actually the least, like, they play such a little role, and it's good. I mean, they really don't have any reason to be there other than and they get, just to join in. And they come out with uh, being ridden in the back of a bicycle. Yeah, and they're going <laughs> fast, too. I mean, again, it's just pure energy, and it's really great. I and guess it's a tricycle. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> we had such a good time. Um, when we did watch it, we were able to um, kind of be in the front. Wes, poor Wes, I think it was a lot for him because he had just woken up from a nap. <laughs> and that is like... That is a lot to yeah, jump Yeah, it's like into. a slap in the face with a bucket of ice water or something. <laughs> but he, it was really sweet because the percussionists come, um, uh, come around to sort of the front and Wes got to like use one of the instruments and play. That's and what I did Robert last got to yeah, also. It, was, it, I, I, it has to be on my phone because that's a big moment. I missed life. it. I couldn't get to it fast enough. So I, it's ingrained in my memory. Wes was so stoked. The guy, I mean, that's what they're going to do. Like my mom swears it was like just for Wes. I'm like, no, it's it's like part of the show, but it's okay. Like yeah. that's the point and that's the fun. Like there was a little girl next to me who was able to hit the drums. I guess in a way I probably should have uh, let up to this because I feel like everything else from here is, I don't want to say downhill, but I think in, in the end, this is why it's the draw, it's the main attraction. I genuinely cannot say enough about that show, about the performers, and about the way that it was sort of put together. It, I was exhausted at the end of it and I did nothing. I mean, I did squat for like a while, but in the best way possible. It was so fun. Yeah. It really caught me by surprise when we went to it for the first time and I'm just, um, I'm not saying I'm a big crier, but apparently I'm a very big crier at <laughs> Disneyland and Disney parks in general. It makes sense. But um, I was just so moved by it, and I thought it was just so much fun. It feels um, like classic Disney park entertainment without... It doesn't have any super fancy, like, crazy stunts or special effects or anything like that. It is just very universal music and just a bunch of people with very genuine um, intentions and yeah um yeah we really love it and those performers i mean the live ones very much so because there's talent and there's you know representation there but also like the three caballeros as a meet and greet 
They're just so amazing. I have no idea where they found these people, but their energy completely like comes out of their costumes. It is, they were just so great. Even <laughs> watching them interact with the, everyone in front of us was entertaining and fun. So to that point is uh, the, the special character meets. So it's the three caballeros uh, is one of the options. And then it switches out to Goofy um, in some kind of traditional Oh, so that's why there's a Goofy pin. Yeah, he, there's Goofy, and then Mickey and Minnie, and Mickey looks, Minnie, excuse me, Mickey looks great, but Minnie looks fabulous in her little colorful traditional dress, and then there's also a Princess Elena of Avalar meet. You know that uh, gazebo-like structure? Yeah. That's the where... The uh, flicks... Uh, yes, that's where shot. Elena is. It's not too... Grand but she's or over not the part top. of the Viva. She's not part of. She's not. She has her own show. Okay. It's called Princess Elena's Musical Grand Adventure, and we actually saw that uh, once uh, unexpectedly. We weren't sure what we were going to catch, and we sat down, and it was fun. It was good. It was nice. Again, the live. I mean, the live performers again typically are the ones that kind of make for a good experience. Um, it was our first experience, well, mine, David wasn't there, but Wes as well. It was our first experience, anything Princess Elena, really. Mm. So I tried to pay attention. She sort of tells her story, sings. So again, it's a, a princess live, live singing. And it was, it was great. It was fun. Um, and then, yeah, it, it's, it's very sm- short and kind of sweet. Um, but that's one of the other entertainment pieces so food, special food offerings. Paradise Garden Grill has a special menu. That menu's delicious. We've eaten everything off that menu. It is. Um, it does look like for the most part, it has stayed pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. I actually went um, with my mom and Wes and I got the street style tacos. It, they weren't great. The, sal- the salsa was great though. It, had, mm. uh, it was spicy and without that salsa, it was just what it was but i did find it interesting that they served it uh so the street style tacos you get one carne asada one carnitas and one chicken taco and they're pretty basic which is fine i don't need a fancy taco it just something wasn't there and it could have just been the day um it wasn't particularly busy um but it was nothing to write home about um my mom and this is one of the um menu items i have not seen on previous years was the house made pozole we had that. I tasted it, and I just felt like it was missing a little bit of a kick, too. So weird. Yeah. So. We haven't had it this year, but. I didn't see the pozole on there a lot. I saw yeah. they had something else. And then, of course, the thing that in reading and looking at all this, it's just, it was impossible. If David was there, I know I would have had the torta el pastor, because that's what he would have gotten. I've gotten that before, and, and I it heard it's really amazing. good. Yeah, that's all I hear, and now I wish I had just gotten that. <laughs> but typically, I'm the person who's going to order the tacos, so I went mm-hmm. with what I, you know, and we unfortunately just were not going to be able to eat. Like, we even wanted to get the dessert, but we're like, let's wait, let's see if our, you know, appetites allow for it. So I really wanted to try it. I didn't. It's uh, the, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Bunuelos with cajeta? Yep. We just didn't get a chance to. So we may get back to it, mm-hmm. but I've heard good things about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do feel like they've pared down a bit. Um, there were some cart items that it doesn't seem, because it's not a big area. It's not mm-hmm. like you're going to oversee a lot. 
Um, they do have like chicharrones and I was some other say, things. Yeah, we, I was super excited. We double take because we we're like, are they Mickey shaped? And yeah, I was like, man, you guys missed the market they here. Really yeah, because um, I would have gotten it just because. Um, but yeah, so those are those are pretty much it for the food offerings. And so there is also some entertainment. It's not necessarily exclusive to Viva Navidad, but um, definitely something that makes sense with it. So mariachi divas, I don't know that they ever actually perform in the Garden Grill area because they're so much a part of like festival holidays, but they're there all the time anyway. <laughs> it's like their second home. Yeah. Um, but they're there, they're obviously great. So anytime we catch them, um, at any one of the stages between all of the things going on. Um, it's great. And then the other performer I wanted to kind of mention is Yamila, Cuban Latin band. I don't know if that's what it's called. I don't know if that's just, but anyway, she's usually the performer um, at the forefront of the band. And then there's a bunch of guys um, who perform with her and she's great. Her energy is good. Um, and she looks different almost every time we see her. <laughs> yeah, it's her. almost like it's a band with she a revolving like. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure Mariachi Divas are not the same girls all the time. It's just a band that you know. Um, but yeah, we were joking. We we're like, is that the same girl we saw last time? I don't know. <laughs> so I think she does things um, relatively often at the park. Um, she loves her Celia Cruz, and obviously it's very much you know all of that. Wes loved it. He was dancing again it's just one of those moments again it feels like old disneyland or like world showcase like epcot like it's very educational cultural but fun it doesn't have to be yeah not fun and so i thoroughly enjoyed all of it um like i said hopefully we'll go back and try the things on the menu that i'm supposed to try (laughs) um and since i'll be going with david i'm able to kind of try a little more well we still have one more episode before christmas so we'll probably talk about that that torta (laughs) very nice so real quickly what is your one favorite christmas decoration that they have at disneyland hmm one of my favorite things is them using the pulley system bringing the tree into splash mountain Oh, I love that. It's one of my favorites. No. At the entrance to Splash Mountain. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned the tree at California Adventure. I like that tree a lot, more than the Disneyland one. Mm -hmm. I like the wreaths um, or wreath-like type things that I think are throughout Main Street. I feel like they change a little bit. Uh, You were talking about the... uh, Adventure Jungle Cruise tree. That's that cute. Mm. I do really love that Jungle Cruise tree. This year it has snowmen that have been added to mm-hmm. it. I really like when the decorations are very um, specific to the area they're in. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, you have that very specific looking tiki juju um, tree in Adventureland and then everything starts getting a little bit more country and plaid when you're in Critter Country and I really appreciate that um, attention to detail mm-hmm. like all of the decorations in um, New Orleans Square are like very bead and heavy uh, feather centric mm-hmm. um, I, I think that that's in general I think that's very um, yeah. appealing well we talked about it on uh, one of the Christmas the other Christmas episode we did a few years ago that I really like that balcony in New Orleans Square mm-hmm. with the humming lady and there's the bottles out during oh, Christmas yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, New Orleans Square Christmas time at night is my favorite. Yeah. But I think uh, if, if it's Christmas decorations, uh, I don't know if it's anything specific, but Buena Vista Street 
um, decorations. Yeah. I like the garland. I like the Mickey garland. <laughs> the Over Mickey Main garland? Street? Yeah. The one with the... That's yeah. good. Well, to talk about uh, the current stuff that is at the Disneyland Resort, let's start with uh, Buena Vista Street at California Adventure. Yeah. So they have some neat things there. Every year, I think Buena Vista Street looks incredible, and they have uh, some really great windows. Mm-hmm. The Silly Symphonies <laughs> windows? Yeah, they're cardboard cutouts with like with Santa from the Silly Symphonies. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I, I noticed them at uh, Halloween time. I love those. Yeah, um, there's. I mean, they look like they're in the same world as the uh-huh. same style. But yeah, Buena Vista Street is just incredible during Christmas. Oh yeah, Cars Land Christmas. Yeah, such they, good stuff. They there. actually really do a really good job in that land. Yeah, it, well, Halloween too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's completely new songs that made her. There's three oh, whole really? sets of Mater songs. There's regular Mater, Halloween Mater, and Christmas Mater. It's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I then do question what they think, what is up with their uh, afterlife beliefs <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> with where cars go? Yeah, I mean, it's just, Because you they know, use they... pieces of car for decoration. Uh. So they use pieces of <laughs> like body of parts. Their... <laughs> yeah, they're their brethren um but i mean you know that's like getting a little too deep into what it is just take it for what it's worth i can see it at halloween time though but christmas i'm like yeah. did you need to use that muffler garland yeah. um but i do really like it at the same time i think it's so great and um i like that little snowman car so have you guys seen the christmas parade or fireworks we've seen the christmas parade we did not see the christmas fireworks well tell us about the parade anything different uh no it's it's your standard uh uh christmas fantasy parade there's a uh, you know buzz Lightyear and you know what my Santa Claus you know what my favorite thing in the parade is the uh upright reindeers that walk around so <laughs> cute. have you seen that video of that one reindeer um dancing um in disney world That's amazing. Um, I have a castle show story. I had beers uh, the other night with another editor who is from Orlando, and she grew up working at the theme parks, and she was an elf during the castle show for the Christmas season, and so it's still Christmas time at the Magic Kingdom when New Year's hits, so they were doing the Christmas castle show before midnight, and they were like, oh, okay, so... We're going to do a big fireworks spectacular for midnight, so we'll add a bunch of fireworks. Did not tell any of the performers where the new fireworks were. Oh, no. And the pyro crew lit off the wrong fireworks at the wrong time. She's center stage, and the fireworks shoot off at her. I think Mickey caught fire. I think another character caught fire. She took the brunt of it, and they basically didn't want to bum anybody out. So they were like, we have to wait until after midnight, then we'll call the ambulance. Oh and my I was gosh. like, there's Utilidors. Can't you get yeah. out, to the, out to the park? And they, they made them wait 20 minutes, but she basically she still has no eyebrows to this day. <laughs> but apparently the Mickey costume caught fire. I was, but because it was 2002, 2003... Mm. There's probably not a lot of video of it, but I thought that was a crazy story. I just heard it the other night. 
outside of that, there are amazing performers uh, uh, at California Adventure for the holidays. I always love seeing The Sound, which is an acapella group. All their songs are great. And they sing All I Want for Christmas is You. Uh, there's also Mostly Kosher. Um, um, mostly kosher. Yes. Yeah, mostly kosher is fantastic. A uh, is a Jewish theme band. They have so much energy. They're so much fun, um, and they have so many performance areas. There's one in Pacific Wharf. There's one in the beer garden uh, that I always talk about, and I can never remember the name of. Uh-huh. And then there's uh, right in the World of Color pier area. Um, and there's all wherever you are. There's some band going on. It's amazing. We saw a lounge act. How does Luxo look, by the way? Luxo looks great. He moves. He's great. really yeah. cute. Yeah. I heard Did he people move? complaining about him because he he's doesn't not jump. Moving? Yeah. Oh well. What? Why, why would he? Was jump? he supposed to jump? Well, they say because he, he doesn't move really. No, he moves his head and moves. It articulates really. Does he light up smoothly? Yeah, of course. That would be weird if he didn't, right? <laughs> so a few years ago, David and I actually did it for the first time. Uh, are the famous Disneyland hand pulled candy canes? Oh yes. Um, they've, right there. they've been doing it uh, since 1968. Uh, so this would be the 49th anniversary of the candy cane. So next year it's going to be crazy. <laughs> um, the candy canes are uh, the biggest, I think, draw or what make them appealing are their, um, the fact that they're hand pulled um, and you can watch them do it in the park, which is pretty amazing. And the second thing is the size. They are apparently about 18 inches long and uh, there's they're limited. They don't do them every day. There are certain dates, so you'd have to um, look up the dates and they're only going to be available at one park each day. So say they're available tomorrow at Disneyland, they will not be available at Disney's California Adventure. And so anyway, you'd have to look that all up. You have to get there super early, you get a wristband, there's usually like a cute photo op, but they're impressive. And again, it's it's like any candy making treat that you get to witness in the park, but just watching them do it is pretty impressive. And you know, things are never handmade anymore. So yeah. I think just the novelty of it is nice. It is a neat thing to see. Yeah. Uh, speaking of handmade, over at the um, Grand Californian, they yes. put together that beautiful gingerbread house. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? Um, I have not seen it this year yet. Well, I was going to mention it. It's so much more difficult to get in there to see it because you're basically committing to go back through security yeah. to get if you're going back into the I parks know, or into so downtown Disney. It's so amazing when you're it, it downtown Disney and you don't have to go to security. This is true, yeah. But I get it. Yeah. But even yeah. Grand California in general, like you're talking about that, but it's pretty because they have the they have a huge tree, tree in there. They have carolers and, usually. Yeah, they really pull out all the stops in there. And then now they have those little kiosks where you can get like some boozy drinks Ooh, and you can yes. get I've heard uh, of this treats. Uh, this is new. Like a gingerbread shot or something. We need to have it. Yeah, at uh, Hearthstone. Hearthstone? Yeah, Hearthstone yeah. Well, it's actually yeah. like at a little kiosk right outside of it. Mm. So I saw that they were offering them for Halloween. So it was like a. If they're doing like a gingerbread Are one, they, I'm sure shot? they had a little oh. cookie one and then you could get like rum chata inside of it or oh, something yeah. like so that. What they've done in that area in years past is had gingerbread cookies that you could buy. So now they're stepping now up their game. Yeah. And, oh. Now there's like a little bit more like boozy treats <sighs> and then they're making their own. Because from my understanding, the Grand Californian has their own kitchen staff. So like the entire 
resort has a shared kitchen mm. and bakery or a shared bakery uh-huh. except for the grand californian i believe so they, they have can... their own they're doing their own thing um which kind of makes sense because they seem to do um things that are a little bit extraordinary compared mm-hmm. to other parts in the i thought you were gonna say they do things a little extra over there <laughs> they do do things a little bit extra <laughs> in the best way i i love it um so yeah now that that's one of the things that i you know if people I think people should definitely give it a shot. Um, and, mm-hmm. and There's absolutely no there. reason. If you're ending your day at California Adventure and you're about to head home to the parks, there's no reason mm-hmm. you shouldn't head out through the Grand California and see Agreed. that lobby. Agreed. Mm-hmm. The last thing we could talk about is how much we love the fireworks show and the snow on Main Street and yeah. all that. Well, they have the... Um, castle show. The castle now. show. So wintertime... Enchantment at Sleeping Beauty's Winter Castle happens at 7.30 and 8.30. I do know there's a voiceover. I don't know who does it. It's a very short show, mm-hmm. um, but there's, you know, kind of a little bit of a storytelling of the, the, the time and the holiday, and uh, it culminates with snow and some music. Very Nothing nice. super, yeah. like, no, but again, yeah, it's can enjoy thing. fireworks afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was weird. We thought, I think when we caught the end of it one time, we thought that they were canceling the fireworks and just because it snowed on Main Street and yeah. there was music and I was like, oh, I guess they're canceling the fireworks and doing the show. But it's a, yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> How do they make it snow at Disneyland? Very carefully. We uh, did Max Pass for the first time yesterday and we did it just to sort of try it out. Uh-huh. Um, and it was, it was well worth it. I mean, mainly because, like, I went with my mom and I contemplated doing it just because I didn't want to have to run around. But realistically, I only knew, I knew I would only fast pass two rides that we're going to, that we were actually going to do and use. And I felt like, nah, not, not enough because Wes would want to watch, would want to ride Small World and Haunted Mansion. And just the idea sometimes of running around to two sides of the park is just so daunting. Um... So I dis- we decided to do it um, this last time, or yeah, and it was really great. I mean, we got to ride rides that we don't normally ride. We didn't have to. While Rider Switch is a really great like thing, just getting fast passes for both of us and not having to worry. Like if Wes was asleep and I wanted to go sit on a bench, I didn't have to walk up to the line and be like, mm-hmm. "Here's our sleeping toddler. We have to switch off." You know, like it's just. It was well worth it, mm-hmm. I thought. I, I had the, a really good experience yeah, with it. Yeah, I think, I think it also, like, we rode Star Tours because we, th- you can see the Fast Pass return time to every attraction, and you know that you can get either a Fast Pass within two hours or get one almost immediately as soon mm-hmm. as your Fast Pass is good. So, yeah, we got a Star Tours Fast Pass, and we don't usually ride Star Tours, but we had time because we already had an 8 o'clock Haunted Mansion Fast Pass and a 7 o'clock Big Thunder. So we were like, oh, well, well now we have another Fast Pass again. Yeah. So uh, it just all worked out that, you know. Ooh. So good. Yeah. It, How much was it? 20, 10 bucks a person. Yeah. Okay. And it technically includes your photos, too. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. you can go mm-hmm. take all the photos. On the app. It really felt like Walt Disney World a little bit in that you would open I the app. It was I felt like the app was felt more functional having mm-hmm. that feature. And you can set up when you go to buy the max. Oh, can we also talk about you can't buy the max pass until you've entered the park? 
Oh, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. And here's <laughs> the thing. I get, you know, they don't want people getting the passes, but just let me sign up for it. Yeah. Just d- let me not get the Yeah, if I go to try to get a pass. Yeah. Anyway, so. Tangent, uh, tangent. I just don't want to be on my phone at Disneyland. Uh, Again. Bad phones. No. Nope. Just use it as phones nope, or pictures. Nope, no, no, no. I loved it. It, it allowed good. me to feel <clears throat> on one of probably the most crowded days I've been there. And while every day is crowded, <laughs> this was exceptional to yeah. the point where the only place I didn't have to wait in line was actually for the restroom. And I was so thankful. We <laughs> left the park to have lunch because that's how bad, even the quick service, mm-hmm. even the like, in there was nothing that you could go to that didn't have a line that was less than 10 people. Yeah. And and I would say 10 people was, I don't even think there was a line with 10 people Maybe in 10 it. Maybe 10 parties. 10, yeah. <laughs> 15 people. We left the parks and went to downtown Disney to have lunch and we waited maybe five or 10 minutes yeah. for a table. Mm-hmm. Um, so totally worth it because I feel like we actually got to do stuff. Like I feel like everyone yeah. always asks, oh, what do you do at Disneyland? And like, oh, we rode like one or two rides and it felt like an old, and maybe that's why we had such a good day. Mm-hmm. It nice. felt like a nice full day. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very, merry, very merry Christmas. It's Christmas time at Disneyland. Well, we hope you would all enjoy a Merry Christmas. Uh, our next episode might have a little Christmas a happy Hanukkah in there. Inthia, are you still be- between blogs? <laughs> I am. I'm still between blogs. I'm at Remain Suited, please. <laughs> and Susie, where can we find you online? On Instagram at a little sprinkle of Disney. And you can find Remain Seated Please on Instagram at Remain Seated Please. We're on Twitter at Remain Seated Pulse and on Facebook at Remain Seated Please. Please be sure to rate and review on iTunes so we can know whether or not you like the show. Well, goodbye, everybody. Bye. There. That wasn't so bad. Was it? I'll see you all a little later. You may not survive to pass this way again. Time to be moving along. Hurry back. And barrel around to see us again. Christmas, this Christmas, is time. Christmas time. This is Christmas, Christmas time. Christmas time. Christmas time. La 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 la.